0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another Smooth the Ramblings with Hollywood Cole here with Swinging Thunder today. What's up, Swinging Thunder? What's up, Hollywood? How's it going, man? It's going good, man. So we've been trying to do this podcast for a while, and it's just been a little pet peeve of mine about. You've heard me say it if you listen to uh, any of our podcasts, and apparently you heard it from uh, from Swinging Thunder on the last podcast. I didn't listen to all the way, but. We're going to talk a little bit about the Star Wars genre as a whole and kind of my opinions altogether, at least particularly particular my strong opinion on George Lucas. And it's no secret, like I said, if you've heard it, I think he's completely overrated. I think he lucked into the Star Wars thing. And that's what I'm just learning just now, that Swingy has what you said during the last podcast toward the end, right? Yes, correct. All right. (laughs) So um, let me just ask you this. What do you think is the the best Star Wars movie as a whole?
1: As a whole? uh, Yeah, just
0: the best Star Wars movie like total. Like, okay, what's the best, the best Star Wars? What's your favorite one, I guess, or which one do you think is the best or if they're different? I don't know.
1: If we're going with movies, um,
0: yeah, just movies.
1: It's definitely Empire Strikes Back. Okay, that's mine too. I think it's the best movie.
0: I think, I think, go ahead. Most Star Wars fans will agree with you there. That's mine too.
1: I I think Empire Strikes Back, I, I think, and since we're doing of all nine movies, I'm not conclude like Rogue One and stuff. But of the trilogies, uh, it's Empire Strikes Back. It's not even close. I mean, obviously the original is probably number two for me, and then it's Revenge of the Sith. But like, out of nine movies, I'm going to give you maybe two and a half. Empire Strikes Back is a great movie. Star Wars: New Hope original, good to great movie. Revenge of the Sith. I don't know if it was good in comparison to the other three prequels. I don't. I'm not impressed by any of the other movies at all.
0: All right. Well, let me tell you a little secret. The Empire Strikes Back is your number one. New Hope is done. We didn't plan this, just by the way. No. You know I mean? <laughs> those are the two movies that George Lucas had the least to do with. <laughs> believe it. Not count obviously the ones that he has nothing to do with, but those are the two he had the least to do with out of all of them. Um, believe it or not. And so we'll get into that. And I also want you to tell me uh, what you thought or what you said that George, when we get to the end of the podcast, toward the end of the podcast, what George Lucas's vision was for the future of yes. the podcast. So so let's just let's just chop this up a little bit. So you said that uh, on the podcast last time, uh, the last podcast that you, can do, you and Clear did, that he's a great world builder. Okay, I agree with that. And so the what you'll see in these patterns of film. So first of all, let me go ahead and clarify. And I'm sorry to jump around. I got a little bit of film background, okay. And and so that's it. And obviously, George Lucas is established. This is just a stupid opinion, okay. So nobody gets super offended here. George Lucas has obviously made a name for himself and has done really well. So he's done something right, of course, okay. So don't just, just go well, ahead and establish that.
1: Let's let's establish that he sold Star Wars for like four billion dollars. So he yeah, did some something correct. Thing.
0: Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, so that's that's out there. All right. Um, now, world building. So you'll see a lot of these patterns with Lord of the Rings, with um, the Sword of Truth series, and there's just one that I've read uh, with Caitlin the Confessor, and you don't know what that is. Right. Uh particularly if you hadn't listened, if you've read this first story, you know what I'm talking about. As they kind of progress through that story, there's a whole world they're trying to figure out what is this confessor, what do they do, what's his power, and you're learning as the character learns. This is very similar to how the Jedi we didn't know what it was. I'm gonna start with the, the old movies here, four, five, and six. So which ones I know the most. And um we didn't know what a, we didn't know what a Jedi was right so you're learning with Luke you're training man these things are awesome now, what else is new to this world what else can there be what can there happen right there's rules to this world and you're learning these things and that is really the key to creating an epic a key to creating something that's going to live on for a long long time which is what he's done and obviously they've taken the the keys the helm there disney and and, and taken off with it um and so i think you know with it with the uh, the way the new hope started in you know, nobody wanted to deal with it. You know, I think Fox is the one that picked it up. I think Universal got the first first go at it, and they were like, you know, th- he's unestablished, so this is important for later on. Uh, George Lucas, he's done, he's done like, was it, like TX-92 or something like that, some movie first. Yeah. Um, and, uh, or what is this, it's whatever it is, THX something. That's where he gets the sound system from. Uh, but... Uh, You know, he has uh, started this movie in 1970s. They didn't have all the special effects. He was forced to write a good story, and or somebody was, (laughs) you know, inside without these special effects. And Harrison Ford has gone on to say in these in some of his interviews that it's a drama. It's a drama, actually, a great story, love story inside of the uh, Star Wars universe. That's what he said back in the day. You know, that's what it is. That's what makes it so great. Uh, so you want to, anything you want to add to that? What I'm where I'm at right now. Um, Just kind of the world building piece in well, the, the story. Once again,
1: I think I think he's an incredible world builder. But the thing about it is, Lucas seems to contradict himself with this stuff because supposedly he had a plan for three trilogies, actually twelve. That's supposedly. another story in of itself. And like he had all this plans and stuff, and then like you asked, you know, later on we'll get to it. But really, it seems like each trilogy was written relatively soon to when the movies were starting to be filmed and produced and and directed and shot because um you know you can obviously see some and i'm not trying to get political or whatever i'm just using history here as an example but he was using uh world war ii obviously the Stormtroopers, nazis i mean that was his influence for the original trilogy with some of the bad guys and stuff and then when the prequels came out uh the iraq war um had some, well, some of our stuff and how we were dealing with stuff influenced the way he did the prequels, you know, and then once we get to the, what his plan was for the sequel. So it's kind of weird because he sits there and says that he had all this planned out, but it seems like it completely changes anytime you ask him, depending on yeah. what movies, what trilogies, etc.
0: So there's a lot there. So, um, yeah, where do I start, right? You know, this is kind of, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, we got on here, so... <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know going it's, it's, it's a smooth a rambling a smooth We're smoothly rambling through it. We'll smoothly ramble through it. So yeah, the the I don't think he had it all planned out at all. Um he, he knew he wanted to do stormtroopers. You know, they, this I know that his roommate has said um, you know, that uh, he had all these stormtroopers' ideas, drawings, or whatever on his room. He's always up there doing these things. So he had this world and he was trying to build. So I, yeah, that's that's absolutely I don't think anybody's gonna dispute that. But, okay, I'll just go ahead and jump in. Marsha Lucas is a huge impact to this deal. Marsha Lucas is the editor, also his wife at the time, right? She's the one that recommended somebody has to die during the Death Star fight in in the first New Hope. And he's like, hmm, okay, who is it going to be? First, they wanted to do the droids. They're like, no, 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 the droids are the center of the thing. And so that's when they did Ben Kenobi and have him come back as the Force goes. Hmm, okay. He had no idea. He didn't think of that. Yeah, That's Marsha. And Mar- And so <sighs> Marsha had a lot of impact on Empire Strikes Back as well. And so guess when they got divorced? Right after Empire Strikes Back. Mm. So, you know, hey, take it for what you will, but she was a master, master editor. Now, um... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so what did he have planned? So, so there's no of him coming back, Darth Vader, getting shot out of the death at the end, that he was dead. They make it a multiple point, supposedly, to say no little, no, no little starfighter can survive out here, granted he's a Jedi, a powerful Sith. But, um, but I mean, I get that. That's part of the movie. I don't, I don't really hold that over him so much because you kind of got to close it out just in yeah. case they're like, we don't have enough money to do another one. So, you know, we're not going to continue on. You know, so he—I don't think he had that plan. Some people say he didn't even have that. Vader was his father. I know he tried to to conceal that in the in the script, but they say that very early versions of the script didn't have anything like any of it. I mean, they were fighting, just like join us and let's take over the world. And Luke's like, no, and then that's it.
1: Well, it's even the joke with the Luke and Leia thing. You know, like yeah,
0: exactly. There's perfect example.
1: You know, and that's there's always been that joke. And then, you know, once again, I mean, you know, hubris can get in the way sometimes. Oh, I always had that plan. You always had him plan to kiss his sister, like, or, you know, the sister yeah, kiss, uh, like you know, the good brother. Kiss. Like,
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not
1: a, it wasn't a kiss on the cheek. That,
0: that was the love interest, you know. And then I guarantee somebody, I don't know who said, I don't say guarantee, but somebody said, yo, no, there's another, you know, an empire strikes back and everybody's like, what? There's another who? And then we, oh, well, we made that up halfway through. Um, and so uh, let's just talk about some of this writing here. So I've said it, and I'm just telling you, I don't get it. I do not get it. And I think everybody understands that. Now, first of all, George himself has said he's the king of wooden dialogue. So he he'll say it himself that he sucks at writing dialogue. and um, and you see it you know, all through so, during 4, 5, and 6, you know, obviously he wasn't established. Like I was saying, Harrison Ford was just getting started. Mark Hamill's not established. Um, who's the guy that played Obi-Wan? He was a very established Alex actor. Alex Guinness.
1: Alex yeah. Guinness.
0: Guinness. Yeah, he hated it. He hated it, by the way. He hated playing yeah. it. You can go look at his interviews. He thought the dialogue was garbage. Everybody thought it was And the actors refused to say it the way that it was written. That I love you, I know, that was not in the script. It was, I love you too. You know, so that's not so. Harrison Ford's character, obviously, starting four, uh, four and five, dude. You got to get me on these rants here, but these four <laughs> and five, he was awesome. He's a space pirate kind of guy, mercenaries. He got a good heart or not? Why is he gonna? Are we gonna win him over? You see this character arc in the middle of some space drama with the love interest, with Luke learning to be a, a Jedi. So you see all these different arcs. These are awesome. And so after it's all said and done, he gets a little bit more power. So now he goes back and says, I'm going to remake these films. And I'm sorry if you fell in love with an unmade film. That's y'all's problem. No, dude. You know, at some point, it's public domain once this out, dude. You you know, at what point is that? That's up for debate. But hold on before you. I know you're getting ready, but this is my whole point here. Because this is, you you can't overlook this. And this has been said a million times. This simple. So let me just say, this is, I don't know who Armand White is, but this is his quote. Unfortunately, he's still... I don't know what he was talking about. Unfortunately, he's still George Lucas, a director (laughs) who achieves the impossible while botching the basics. So that's exactly what he said. And when you take Han Solo, the mysterious character, at the very beginning of part four, when you walk into a bar, a seedy area to hire some mercenary, that's part of the whole mystique, the mystery at the very beginning of four. And you got to go through all the loops to make sure that Han shoots second... You have no idea what a character art or who you have as a character. Period. That right there is told me all I need to know about George Lucas. All this other stuff I'm learning as I go. Oh, my intuition was right. So go so, ahead, man. I, I, well, I'm laughing I had to for say a few it. reasons.
1: So 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 for our George Lucas fans out there, here's the thing I want to give Lucas credit for, and then I'm gonna to try to throw a little analogy in there. Um, world building, and I think his visual storytelling actually is really good. I I really do. You know, now once again, the dialogue, not so much, and and the process behind the storytelling. And so, Brett Favre, Brett Favre's from our home state, uh, great quarterback, Hall of Fame quarterback. Here's an interesting thing about Brett Favre. So, his talent was throwing that D ball, he had an incredible arm. Um, And there was a thing about him where basically, Brett Favre did not even know how, didn't even know what a basic defense was until like his fourth year in the, NFL like you're talking about a starting quarterback this is like a couple of years before the Packers got really good and he I mean he's a is an interview with it so basically Brett Favre succeeded despite of his ignorance on so many aspects of playing quarterback it was just oh that guy's open or I think he's going to be open and I'm just going to throw this ball as hard as I can in that direction so it was amazing like I forgot which coach it was who was just like he's like well I'll give you an example like for the the sports fans out there he was like okay his quarterback coach was talking to him. He's like, "All right, Brett, um, you know they're in a they're in a nickel defense." And and the and Brett Favre looks and he's like, "What's a nickel defense?" He's like, "That's five defensive backs that are playing in the defense, Brett." He's like, "Oh, that's why you guys call it nickel." Never knew that. Three years, four years, <laughs> professional quarterback did not know what a basic yeah. nickel defense was. So once again, he yeah. he succeeded, maybe because of his few strengths that he had and almost in spite of himself with the weaknesses he had. And sometimes I feel with Lucas, like I said, great world builder. Like I said, some of his visual storytelling, I mean, like, you could do all the dialogue in the world, but the way that Vader presents himself at the very, very beginning of the very first movie really sets a tone of, okay, this guy is something to fear, you know? So sometimes maybe Lucas's couple of strengths have just helped him overcome a lot of his weaknesses in a lot of other areas when it comes to this stuff.
0: Yeah. Um so yeah, absolutely. So uh sorry I'm sitting here looking at my notes here. Um oh, gosh, dude. <laughs> he, he, you know when, when you when you he, and he has said and I can't, I was trying to think of who he was talking to. And I I I, I loved Star Wars 4, 5, and 6. I watched them a million times on VHS I knew the 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 special editions were coming out and he has a lot of interviews on the special editions. I think I can't remember if this is where I heard it or not, and I can't remember who it was. I think it was one of the directors. Um, And uh, he said that, he told George, he said, look, the reason that Star Wars is so popular is because of the story within the universe. And George, no, it's not. It's popular because of all the special effects. And George has said that his dialogue is a special effect. He says, so... He, he don't care about... Th- and so does that mean he didn't care about the words? He didn't care as much about it as well as the mood. So now this is starting to get to an artistic style that, okay, that's fine. I can respect you for if that's true. Which if, that, if you're just trying to create a goofy ch- tongue-in-cheek thing because that's the kind of mood you're going for with your movie, which very well could be, cool. I mean, that's your st- style. That's your choice. Uh, it's your movie. Uh, so be it. I don't... I, you know, and that's maybe where we get the campiness from Star Wars a little bit. But, um, but what I was saying about the... Uh, four, five, and six, you know, he didn't have the, he didn't have the special effects. So we had to go with good story. Kind of what we talked about last time where how TVs always had to kind of make up for the lack of the visuals with, with a good, just a good story. You always had to make up for it. somewhere. Ours, or on our video game podcast, we talk about, you know, the old school games had to make up for lack of graphics and all this with fun factor. So, um, you know, and he, I mean, again, Four, five, and six. He was not established, so the actors took the liberty to change the dialogue that they thought was stupid. And George uh, Harrison Ford was on some interview late, you know, years later. I think he was like seventy when he was doing this, and he said he told George, "Like, dude, you can type this beep." (laughs) <laughs> but you can't say it. He said, <laughs> but you can't say it. He said, do you ever try to talk after you type it? You can't say these words. I mean, this doesn't make sense. <laughs> Nobody talks that way. And Mark Hamill was on like a talk show saying, this is this was one of the dialogue. And he said, I'll remember it for the, forever, for the rest of my life. And he just started spouting off something. I, I saw George's. that. Yeah. Who talks like that? Nobody talks that way. And so now episodes one, two, and three, George has some power. He has all the uh, authority and what do you get? A CGI fest with the most dry. You can't and you're watching it. And you're going. I just. I'm not into it, man. I don't know why. Especially one and two. Um, you know, and they and they kind of talk about how in Return of the Jedi. You know, that's kind of the one where everybody goes. Oh, it kind of starts going downhill. But the but the relationship with Luke and Vader is good. Um, and so the same way for, you know, Vader and Obi Wan in three they say that's pretty good it actually kind of answers all the stuff but when you really think about anything that happened outside of that now I'm, I'm kind of quoting a youtube video here but it did it did hit me too when they said anything outside of that in episode 3 was kind of like who cares you know and and you you did feel that way and and, well, and yeah so go ahead and cut on that first
1: well i mean the 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 biggest there's a lot of gripes with the prequels and but the funny thing is it's amazing how time can change your people's opinions because the sequels came out and now the prequels are beloved in comparison to the sequel trilogy.
0: Yeah, you get something but, worse.
1: Yeah, so... um, Well, we were talking about it on the most recent one, I think, the one you weren't there for, unfortunately. And, like... Now, granted, you know, it's been 20 years, but Hayden Christensen, Hayden Christensen as an actor absolutely nailed the last couple episodes, or the one episode he was in in Ahsoka. And, you know, you wonder how much of the directing of
0: absolutely. how he
1: wanted, he wanted Hayden to play that part. And once again, the dialogue... As cheesy and campy as it was in the original, it's it's so bad in one, two, and three. You know the whole. Yeah, because they didn't question of,
0: it. You couldn't. Yeah.
1: Well. Well, yeah. Because everybody again, hated had, on Hayden. Yeah, and know? everybody hated on Hayden. Unfortunately, um, you know the oh, I hate sand and it's coarse and all yeah. that other just in the cheesiness between him and. Pat if you
0: Mary. are hurt now, you just tell me. You know, <laughs> every every line well, is like, you love me. You know, I get it, but I mean, he's trying to add something to it. <laughs> I don't know he's if that's trying. what he was told he's told to do. Doing the best
1: he can with what he had available to him. <laughs> but like, and uh, we've had this discussion before. Like, and once again, here's the thing: I think the reason I'm such a big lore fan, I'm so impressed by artists and their creativity because, like, now granted, coming out of it from nowhere, like you, you see people who do fanfics and stuff like that, and they have an established world or an established thing, and they can do it. But like. The creati- creativity is pretty impressive to me, but like with um, the midichlorian thing, there was no oh, need to bring it up. You you completely mess up the mysteriousness of yeah. of of the force there.
0: And um, like what what are you thinking? Like you know what I'm saying? Like I, I you know let him have you, you, here. You got free reign four five and six. Nobody's going to enter. I mean we would do what I guarantee we would not have. Do whatever anything. you want to. We would never have any of this. It would be yeah. like I'm trying to think of some sci-fi movie that just never took off. You know, but no, I see what you're saying. a whole big world, you know, but anyway, so yeah, that's yeah, but that yeah, Metachlorian the, thing was just almost as bad, if not so, worse than the Han shoot first deal.
1: The Jar Jar Binks, the Metachlorian thing, uh, the very cheesy, I wouldn't even say cheesy, just the very disjointed way that Anakin turns towards the dark side. You know, it's just, it doesn't flow it doesn't make a lot of sense. The only positives I can really take out of the prequels personally, and that's looking back on it, is um, the fight scenes were very impressive. You know, if you just want to go with that, especially the last movie, Revenge of the Sith, was very impressive. Uh, I really did like Padme's character in general, you know. Um, But I mean, I almost feel like, I, once again, don't know, goes back to this whole, how much of this was really true or not true. Like, why would you start your trilogy four, five, six? Like, the prequels. Okay, if you ever got that (laughs) far, like...
0: You get one shot to make it. Where are you going to... Well,
1: no, Vader is such an impressive, iconic villain. Nothing you're going to do is going to be good enough. Like, it doesn't matter what story... I mean, you could have gave Vader... You could have gave Anakin the worst background. Would it still lead up... Would still live up to his potential as Vader? And, you know, I... Just off the random topic here, I read somewhere, and I, I just laughed. The only difference between a hero and a villain is the choice they make after some horrible stuff happens to them. Because every hero and villain has a horrible backstory. It's just the choice they decided to do once they got through that bad yeah. backstory. But once again, the the prequels like it was it was set up for failure. If you think about it, like we already know what's going to happen leading into four, five, and six. So like I I don't know. Well, so, I mean like. Mm,
0: go ahead. I, I'll say this about so, the, so the, yeah, they say the special effects are really good. He's always been a master at that, right? Yeah. And by the way, THX sound—you can't get THX sound in your house. I don't care how good that intro sounds. THX is a room standard. It's not a particular way to come out of your speakers. So a TH, real THX theater um, that was designed, I think, by George Lucas. But he's always been he a master of sound. There's no doubt about it in world building, like you said. All right. So. Vader, supposedly, was not even... Like I told you, was supposed to be killed. I don't know if that's the case or not. And then he was such an iconic character, they brought him back. Okay. He wouldn't have anything to do with... I mean, he, he's wearing... A, I mean, when you were a kid, you were like, hey, that's the the Stormtrooper in the black suit. You know? It's, he's, the, he's the boss Stormtrooper. And it looks just like a Stormtrooper outfit to some degree. And, you know, that's what it was. I thought, okay, that's the black Stormtrooper. He looks awesome. Um, and he's gonna be... Uh, the, he's the bad guy, the, the boss. And so... Now, not, not, he's a Jedi too, like a super powerful Jedi. He just knows a little bit about it. You know, I don't know. Uh, but, you know, when you were a kid, you were just watching it. But my point I'm getting at is that you could not differentiate the stormtroopers from Darth Vader. So they were supposed to, I would assume maybe they were more linked there than they were supposed to be. He's some mechanical Jedi that got thrown in the fire. Um, and so, now, I will say this about one, two, and three in, in, in Anakin's Return. I thought so I thought it was good that how they got him to turn now you know they tricked him into believing that you can that you're seeing visions of her dying, your wife dying and, and the only way to save her is this evil thing. in other words, you're trying to take it into your own hand. you're not trusting a Jedi force, you're not trusting the Jedis, you're trying to take it into your own hand and that's what caused it. And not to mention the good guys right the good force never talk about force ghosts, nothing like that right? Uh, this is, and they'd had it all along, right? If you would have just trusted, you would have been fine. Everything would have been great. Not only would she not have died, but even if you did die, you can still come back. But they, he trusted his own evil desires. It had to do it his way, had to do it now. And that's what happened. I thought that was a great way to, to, I mean, that's essentially how evil period dot is. You know, I yeah. just want to do it my way now. I don't trust a greater being to do it. I'm going to do it now my way, and it's you up getting worse, worse, worse. Here's, so here's I thought that I will, was pretty good.
1: Here's where I give Lucas also a little bit of credit, and it goes back to that whole, you know, his strengths succeed in spite of his weaknesses. There is some – now, once again, I don't know how much of this was him or maybe some influence from somebody else, but, like, there are some great ideas there that I wish were expanded on, expounded on better, like – the whole Palpatine thing, like ultimate chess move, man. You're gonna set up both sides. No matter which way you go, you're going to win this chess battle you set up. And it's such a small piece of the actual prequel trilogy. Like I said, you know, obviously everybody's aware now that I'm a huge Clone Wars fan, and they do a really great job of showing all that. But like, there are some great ideas that are out there. And even like you said, like the the path to evil. Like I said, I don't. I think it could have been done better. I think is what upsets me. But Probably, the, sure the premise, but. The premise behind it's outstanding because you're right, you know,
0: and like yeah, the premise. Much... I like the premise. That's a good way the to premise.
1: put it. The premise behind it's outstanding, and sometimes it's the execution. And we're talking movies, but like, uh, have you ever seen the movie Ninth Gate? Mm-hmm. So not a great movie but the premise behind okay this this way to hell and there's these old ancient books and there's three of them and they all have these little pieces of the puzzle and like that was an original premise to me from a horror theme because i mean horror themes are very cookie cutter for the most part and i was really invested in that um and that movie till the end and i was kind of disappointed it's amazing sometimes how recency bias goes into it too because on the flip side of that we're talking movies in general uh Really good movie. I'm going to mess up the name. I think it's called, I might be messing up the name. I think it's called Primal Fear. I'm hoping I'm not messing it up, but it was uh, Richard Gere and it yeah, was Edward Norton. Ed,
0: yes, yeah. yeah, Primal a, Fear.
1: Yeah, it's a great above average movie to you get to the very end. And then the twist at the end spoiler. just blew my mind. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, I, didn't say yeah. the, I didn't say the <laughs> yeah. spoiler, but it, it blew my mind. though. You yeah. know, I think, you know, and then M. Night Shyamalan, you know, we're talking about directors and oh, storytellers, but like, the first time the hook came in, that's great. I just never seen it, and I, this is a personal opinion. <laughs> I have just never seen a director hit the first one out of the park and then just get gradually worse as he directs oh, see, every single
0: movie. <laughs> he's just selling th- selling premises, and then you go watch the movie and you're like, "Wait, that that's it? Huh? Is that? But that, yeah. that's all it is. I mean, he's just selling the idea of a k- cool movie. And you're like, "What happened? Oh, it's the plants are actually alive and they're coming out. Oh, okay, well whatever. I mean, never saw that coming." Yeah. You know, it's just I, I know, it's the same thing, but yeah. But man, so he sold off the rights, so now we got Filoni and you know, favaro taking the helm and they're making good dialogue. Mandalorian is awesome. Uh we're not gonna get into all of this, but Mandalorian yeah. was awesome. I liked I liked all the ones so far. I liked Obi Wan even. Um I had Obi Wan was good. Of, I hadn't watched all of the um the rogue What's it? Andor. Is it? I haven't. And or wanting
1: yeah. to, but I just I, I don't know. Like I just I need I to I got, like, make two some women. time. And, yeah.
0: But Ahsoka's good. I mean, I'm enjoying Ahsoka. All right. Uh, I still like Mandalorian. That's my favorite. Man. I mean, at least well, the first two seasons. I don't remember hardly anything about the three third season. But that wasn't much to write
1: home about. But yeah, I mean, it's still good. It just wasn't nearly as good as the first two, in my opinion.
0: But like, but like Nick Demiano said, it's a space western. Right. Yes. It is a good story taking place in. It's a bounty hunter story, dude. With this awesome. Now we got a target. Now we got to figure out what to do with it. Everybody's after it. Why? Super powerful. All these things are taking place in a Star Wars universe. The, the The universe is not the story, George. The sound effects are not the story. So you know, and so now we're we're taking it and running with it. But you were saying. What, what, so he has he come out and said what he would have done with yes he the, said the, the, the what he was going to come out sequels. to do with it.
1: Um, so we've seen part bits and pieces depending on how much you're into the Star Wars uh, extra you know the animated series and stuff. So the basic premise was um, the original tr- okay not the original the prequel trilogy concentrated on the father Anakin. The middle trilogy was supposed to be on the son. And then the last trilogy was supposed to be on the daughter, Leia. And so it's supposed to take place five to ten years after uh, Return of the Jedi. And so Leia has kind of taken the lead of the New Republic or whatever it would have been called at that point. And this is more of a realistic take on what would have happened, which is basically there's chaos Uh, after the Empire fell. You have a small group of stormtroopers who are still, you know, the remnants kind of like we see now, mm-hmm. but it was more crime syndicates. And so, and I'm mixing a couple of things here. And I won't try to go too much into the Clone Wars, but so real quick with the Clone Wars though, Filoni had Lu- George Lucas's blessing and Lucas was advising as Filoni was creating it. But some of those ideas came from Lucas and Filoni executed them. One of them was resurrecting Darth Maul. Because his plan was to have Darth Maul as the emperor position for the sequel trilogy. And Darth Maul would have had a Padawan, and that would have been Darth Talon, who would have been a red and black Twi'lek, like Hera is in Ahsoka, uh, that uh, race of aliens and stuff. And so she would have been the Darth Vader. It would have have done some shadowing. I mean, you would have seen some parallels. So obviously she would have taken on more of the Darth Vader bad guy that you see most of the time. Maul would have been behind the scenes kind of pulling the strings. And Luke would have went off to do the Jedi Academy. But Luke was going to come in and out, but he wasn't going to be the main. The main person was going to be Leia. And it was her Mm -hmm. leading people. And it was her gathering everybody together to fight all these all this evil if you will. And um I mean he didn't have a lot written to it, but like at least that he's admitted to. So that was just the general premise behind it and that at the end Leia, you know, the good guys were going to win with Luke's help, but Leia was the main character. Leia was the main leading person on all this and then the thing about it would have been that Leia was actually the chosen one, not Anakin and not even Luke, oh, that's it was cool. Leia. And um Yeah, I mean, it was an interesting premise. Now, you know, um, the thing that kind of blows my mind with Lucas was this. I mean, he sold it to Disney. Now, granted, it's their property. They can do whatever. And so he supposedly did give them like, hey, here's what I planned on doing. I don't know. I mean, if it was my brainchild... I I don't know, I would have maybe written in something in the contract where, like, hey, you have to at least have the next trilogy based on my ideas, or you have to have me on as a consultant or an advisor who has, you know, X amount of authority to make sure this goes a certain way. But besides the Buku Mm -hmm. money that he got, basically, you know, Lucas was very old. He's old now, but what I'm saying is, he knew it was going to take ten years, and his daughter was very young. And he just basically, to his credit, you know, decided I'd rather spend time with the family because it's going to take. This is going to be a ten year project if I do a sequel trilogy. Yeah, but a lot yeah. of those ideas you see, like Darth Talon's in the comics, canon, uh, and, and oh my gosh, Solo. You see Maul, He is the head of a crime syndicate that is also shown in the animated series. Uh, so some of these ideas have taken place, just not not the way they were originally intended to be as part of the movies. They've been really sprinkled through animated and comic pieces. You know, this piece went here, yeah. this piece went there.
0: Yeah. So yeah, so this is just about this. First of all, the premise sounds like it could it could work. I, I don't. I'm not a big fan of the Darth Maul character. I think he probably would be better off. Um, Having a brand new villain that again you're discovering, you know, with the witches, what what can they do? You know, you're discovering kind of this other thing. It all begins and ends with Jedi. I mean, you've seen it so many times now, and Maul to me as just you know not a super fan. I'd seen all the stuff, but you know he's in part one and gets killed, and he's the bad guy. He shows up, falls out of a plane or out of a jet, walks out. He's got a hood, he's got a red lightsaber, and he looks like Satan. He's obviously the bad guy, and his name's Darth Maul. That's as deep as his character is to me. You know, he's no personality. He's just the bad guy sent to kill, and now he's going to be the the primary villain. I'm sure he's fleshed out in these other things, but, I mean, uh, another Sith? No, dude. You don't need another Sith. You need something different. You've already killed the Sith. Now we need a different thing.
1: Well, you know, the thing is, uh, from a critique standpoint, it was kind of funny because, like, I guess I, I read the little bit of research I did before. Because, you know, you kind of hit me up on this, not last second, but, you know, we were like, all right, hey, let's do this. And I, I did a little bit of research this morning. But uh, I guess they asked Lucas his opinions on the movie. It's a sequel trilogy. And The Force Awakens, he said it was good, but it was repetitive, which, you know, that's a very no, honest assessment. Yeah. It's very repetitive yeah. of what he had already done.
0: Yep. And then exact The Last Jedi. Too.
1: The Last Jedi, which is universally universally just hated. The only thing he mentioned on that one was that they did a really good job with visuals. That's all he would say on that one. Like he would not make any other comment.
0: Yeah. Um scared to death to talk about how they painted. Disney painted everybody in a box. So let let me let me clarify something real quick here before you jump on. Uh, keep going. So Quentin, so did you like movies in the eighties? What, yeah. what do Eighties th- a good movie? I think eighties is an awesome movie era. Um, there's a lot of the timeless movies Karate Kid you know I like that Rambo Terminator 2 these are awesome movies Quentin Tarantino has gone on the record or Joe Rogan has said 80s was the worst time to ever make movies and I go what why he said because he always had to be in a box you always had to have a good guy painted in a certain picture and then they always had to win at the end say so, hey, I get it I get what you're coming from I, I like the movies but that's okay you don't have to like them but I get it as a filmmaker you are painted in a box and then Disney is they got here. You can make this movie, but it has to check all these boxes first, and you have to have a scene like this, and you have to do this, and then make a movie around that. You obviously put them in a box, and this is what happened with part whatever. eight.: Yeah, eight, I, So
1: yeah. you know we've had a little talks about this but Captain Kennedy. Let people anime. make
0: movies, man.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, let them make the movies, but I think this is also where you can see where the machine that is Disney's very Mm -hmm. bad when it comes to this specific thing. And, I mean, they have a very cookie-cutter thing when it comes to their movies as well, you know, animated as well as live action. Um, And he won't even comment on the last movie. He will not comment. Like, uh, that that I've seen. He did not even comment on the last one, which...
0: Everybody um, gave up after the eight anyway, that it was going to be anything good.
1: I think so, and, like... You know, once again, like we were talking about before, that Filoni and Favreau have done an outstanding job of making Star Wars relevant again. But I mean, I don't know if if that if Lucas would have made the films that we just talked about, we would probably, as Star Wars fans, critique him like, "Oh, come on, man! Another like you were just doing like another Sith Lord. Like the, you're you're paralleling." Be,
0: yeah, you don't do that. You need other people to come in, and you need people to tell you that's stupid. But, but everybody's so happy it, to work on a George Lucas movie. Oh, it was George Lucas. I'm going to be a part of this legend. I don't want him to fire me.
1: But I think you it also would have been. I think it also would have been a better than the sequel trilogy we got. It was just so disjointed. You oh, I would have been for d- sure, even, even with them all directors. There's obviously yeah. no game plan. So as much as I'm giving Lucas a hard time about changing his mind, like it, at least he had some kind of crazy arc to go across everything. It's just like the, the okay. And this is one thing, and once again, this is my very ignorant of the filmmaking business and where I can hopefully get some help. But I think where where the sequel trilogy really messed up, besides just being very disjointed, is like, there's no threat. There's no threat. And what I mean by that is with Vader, you're scared of Vader. You are scared of Vader. Okay, so whatever with the first one. But, you know, Vader wins at the end of Empire Strikes Back. He has trapped, you know, he's cut off Luke's arm he's got han he's he has completely messed everybody up you go to the sequel trilogy <laughs> kylo loses to Ray in the very first movie so how is kylo a threat and then you have snoke being mysterious and then he gets killed what like a quarter of the second yeah the, so who's your is it kylo and i'm not, I'm, I'm not knocking kylo here but like you, every There's time kylo does something kylo? He, he loses. Kylo loses yeah, every single that's time. That's like, part
0: of his thing. That's part of his character, right? And then like, he's the yeah, he's the big bad guy. I get he's you. The big dude. bad guy. So that's like, why everybody was so mad about killing Snoke right away. Because oh, this is a mysterious thing, he's going to be yeah. awesome. And then who is he? Um, I mean,
1: the, the the rumors I remember dead. hearing that was hilarious was that he was Darth Plagueis. He was uh, yeah. Palpatine's. A uh, mentor who somehow survived because supposedly he had the secret of life or whatever. So like that would have been incredible. You know that would have been way better if Snoke was Darth Plagueis and that's where you went with it. But once again, I think besides being so disjointed, that last trilogy is just so hated on because once again, where's your threat? I I never thought that Kylo was gonna win, especially at the way no. the, the first one ended. You know, so Ray, yeah. you can you can demolish Ray's character all you want to, but like you know, once again, you have it's not like Luke beat the crap out of Darth in the first movie in the OT, you know? And that's basically what happens (laughs) with the sequel. You know, like an untrained Ray knocks out Kylo. So where's your evil threat at? There's not. So what are you watching this for? What is the, what is... Yeah,
0: Yeah, what's the problem?
1: Well, like you said, from a Somebody making noise. Well, what's the threat? But like the movies that stick with you, you know, your villain has to be so, so good... For your underdog hero to defeat them to make that story stick. Nobody remembers that USC defeated University of Louisiana Lafayette in football sixty-three nothing. They'll remember Texas and USC fighting for the national championship and the the winning team scoring a touchdown with twelve seconds left in, in regular time. You know, like it's those epic yep. battles that make it. So with the sequel trilogy, where's your epic battle? There's not one. There's no yeah. threat.
0: Yep and so you got to have a good protagonist and antagonist. And this is what we learned film school basics, right? Uh, your antagonist has to, your bad guy has to, that, you know, the better you believe like Magneto, you've said it before, but the better, the more you believe into his reason for doing things, the more you're going to relate to him and the better the bad guy is period, you know? And so, uh, that kind of, I mean, they kind of do the same thing with, uh, Thanos, right? You can kind of I right, get where you're coming from, but it's the wrong so, way to do it. So you see what I'm Thanos, saying.
1: No, uh, the funny thing with Thanos is this is where you have to give MCU credit, is Thanos in the comics, he wasn't that benevolent. He was just he was just evil to be evil. Like, you know, they made yeah. him the whole balance guy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, in the movies, and it worked really, really well.
0: Yeah, so you're thinking, so the, the movie makers are thinking, hmm, how can we make this uh, entertaining? How can we get this enriched... Story, an engrossing story that people are going to keep wanting to come back to. And they should have just had it planned out for four, uh, 7, 8, 9, which they obviously didn't. They obviously switched. I don't know this, this director of aid. I don't know his story. I don't know where yeah. it comes from or who he is or whatever. But he obviously, you know, it's just, you are not on the same page as everybody else. And he almost was just like flexing. I can do it because I am the one they chose to direct it. I'm going to, now granted, if you're the artist, you know, you have to do your way that's what they hired you for and everybody's yeah i'm I'm cool with people doing what they think is best uh because that's what they get hired for and i'm you know and that's the only way they know how to do it and then you look at jj abrams for one he didn't do what he thought was best he did what he thought the fans were gonna think was best and he played it super safe and that's why it's like that
1: it's funny you say that with that because that's you brought up a story that I remembered. So Mark Hamill was very disappointed with the way Luke was portrayed in that that movie, The Last Jedi. And I guess him and Lucas had had a talk like, hey, you know, when we ever do the sequel trilogy, this is what generally is going to happen with Luke, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and long story short, he's going to become the next Ben Kenobi. He was going to be the next yeah. mentor for, sure. you know. And so, you know, and you can find this interview, but Mark was talking about how Ryan Johnson – directed him and him and ryan would get into it ap, you know in between scenes like this is not the luke this is not the luke that i'm supposed to be playing it's my but, luke. you know you know x y and z this is the way luke was supposed to be and then he just kind of played the way he describes an interview he was like i was playing their luke i don't know he's not my luke but that's what they paid yeah. me to do i was an actor right. this is how they wanted it i disagree with yep. it but i played it the way they wanted me to play it but that's not the character i feel yep. should have been portrayed
0: not at all I mean like you said the whole with we talking about story arcs from 4 5 and 6 he believed so much in his father who had run an empire killed everybody killed young links killed everything and you didn't know that at the time but then Kylo Ren's going to turn evil <laughs> i got to try to kill him you know you've heard of you know heard about yeah. all that and this like dude come on man i mean that's not what luke would do yeah no. kylo was never a threat anyway like you said and so that right there was a you know, you could see Kylo being a conflicted character, and then you never know what he's what he was going to do, right? And he kind of did. He's fighting back-to-back with Ray, you know? And so that was kind of going to be the interesting thing about Kylo. But now he's the main bad guy? Yes, like you said, it's ridiculous. So they should have just thought it through. That, that's the best ones. I mean, you know, you get some of these great... Uh, I mean, like I always say, Breaking Bad. That was one of my favorite shows. But they, they knew that that was going to go... They knew exactly how... For the most part, Jesse Pinkman was supposed to die. The first step... Or not supposed to be a big part. Not necessarily die, but... Uh, but he was obviously a fan favorite. They wrote him in. But they kind of had the idea, here's how we're going to start, and here's where we're going to finish. And that's why they, the whole thing was written that way. It wasn't like, okay, can we get to get another year? Yeah. Okay, call the writers up. Let's figure out how we're going to do it. Which is exactly what Lost did, which was entertaining. But once you learned they were just making it up as they go, hey, this is kind of uh, weird. They don't have a big plan, so all these little weird things happen and they're just to make me watch next week, and hopefully they'll explain it or not.
1: One of my so, favorite things. It's always
0: better to write it all the way through. No,
1: I, I 100% agree with you. And I think the only one I can think of that was ever successful, but and I'm not saying that she did not have an overarching thing, but J.K. Rowling, Harry Potter, loved the books. Yeah. And you read through them and you get to the seventh book. And it felt like it was a deuce machina. Like, uh, where did this come from? Like, you know, some of it makes sense as you read the entire series. But some of the stuff, you know, the Deathly Hallows came out of nowhere. No hint, no mention, no nothing. And then like the seventh book, final book out of nowhere, like, hey, here's the thing that's going to help you tie all this up in a pretty bow. Like, that's the only one I can see where they introduce (laughs) something like, and you're just like.
0: That's what you got to do if you can't, if you never had a plan.
1: Well, I mean, everything else was so balanced through that entire series. Right. She did an incredible job writing that. That's still it's the same way
0: with series. books. You know, you write a book. You get a book contract. Maybe if you're, you know, I don't know how they found her to do a book contract. I don't know her history, but just somebody off the street. You get a book contract. Cool. I'm gonna give you, uh, you know, upfront for whatever ten grand, so you can not work and get yeah. work on this book. And then I'm gonna read it. If it's good, cool. I think it's good as a produ- as a production company. I'm gonna send it out. As a publisher, and I'm gonna send it out. If it don't sell, see ya. If it sells, hey, write another one. They want the more of that one. So then you're like, oh, okay. And then that one sells. Now I write another one. And then everybody say, hey, come up with some idea for for ten books. Like well, you don't know if you're gonna get ten books. You don't know when it's gonna stop. You know. So it's it's the same way for. It has to be a certain level of that. Uh, you got to have a lot of clout to just be like, hey, I'm gonna write a six season. Well, what know,
1: scares me with what scares me with um, Star Wars going forward. Is they've already announced a couple of movies, and they've already you know uh, this this director has what this movies? movie, and this director has that movie, and like I am wondering if Favreau and Filoni have some kind of overarching tie into that stuff, because like, or are they going to be one offs like Rogue One? You know, like if they're one offs, cool, you know, make a great Star Wars movie in a Star Wars universe. But like, I'm 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 a little worried about who's overseeing the whole shebang.
0: What you movies know? are they doing?
1: Well, Filoni is – it's not – so there's supposedly a Thrawn movie coming, a Thrawn movie. Okay. It's basically said that it will be Filoni who directs that, and I really do feel that's why Mando and Ahsoka and all this is tying into that. But, like, I cannot say his name properly, so you have to excuse me. It's the guy who directed uh, Thor, Love and Thunder, Thor 3 know, and 4. Yeah. Ta- Tahiti I – can't, I can't say his last name. Um, he was supposed to... The one that would have been interesting for you and me, I think, has already been canceled, to my understanding. It was the director for Wonder Woman was going to direct a Rogue Squadron movie. Yeah, that'd be cool. But they, they've already I canceled like it. it. It's not happening.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: So, yeah, there's yeah. like three or four directors who supposedly have Star Wars. Even Kevin Feige, the, the MCU guy, supposedly has a one-off Star Wars. I, once again, I'm curious of how these will all go. You
0: know, here's my thing, Disney, here's what you need to do. You need to hire somebody that is known for writing massively, you know, some massive, I don't know, how, some extraordinarily great drama, even something like, I mean, I don't know, like, uh, you know, Shawshank Redemption, not necessarily that one, but somebody, you know, a great movie, great, great script, somebody, great story. And then you get your Favaro's and your whoever to come involved I mean, let them be involved in the writing as well, but, and then put it in a Star Wars universe. That's the only, Unless you're going to introduce something else, like, you know, the witches, I think it's a good thing. Uh, what are they capable of? It, then it's all played. The only thing you have is a good story now. Don't, you know, it, the force, can't, you can't add stuff to the force. Nobody, it's just well, not I that think, interesting.
1: I think that's why, maybe this is where I'm reading too much into it, but I think maybe that's where Filoni did that whole thing with A New Galaxy. So now you can tell whatever story you want to, because there's a whole new galaxy that we've added to the Star Wars universe.
0: So this is a whole nother, that opens up a can of worms. But if you look at Mandalorian, one of the reasons it's so good, because they're Mandalorians. And from somebody like me, I don't know what the Mandalorian is capable of. Oh, look how cool they are. They might be able to hang with the Jedi. But again, you're learning their capabilities and their story and their lore as you watch. We've seen the Jedis, man. You know, um, there may need to be a next evolution of Jedi somehow. Uh, that just comes out of this, like the what was he saying? The Bogan Jedi's that were raised in the wild—that is, that's awesome.
1: Well, the, you know? had yeah, that, and then what they were going to before that all got canceled was the oh my god, what was it like the Renegade? Uh, it was basically to be like police in space. I forgot what the name of it was. It was going to have Cara Dune in it before that whole thing came down. And Carson, the two of them were supposed to like go around the galaxy as like basically space cops. And
0: yeah, that could be know, cool. But it's you know have have a if you got to do force have a kid that somehow again the story you know, somehow abandoned in the woods or somehow he grew up in some backwoods thing and he's starting to sense these things how like, get this force power I don't know and he's just and he learned all on his own and now he's just some you know like what kind of powers does he have and he he can, can he control them or what's he gonna do he just learned how to get money for his family somehow and there you and, go yeah you know what I'm saying I mean you could just have it. A whole and he, he didn't have to go defeat some massive boss. So maybe he gets called into the you know. Then you, I don't know how you would end it. I hadn't thought about it, but you know something different but familiar. But um, but anyway, man, look, yeah, this is very interesting. Everybody can talk about this, but some of these basics of filmmaking that are out the window with George is what my yeah. my point with 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 that irritates me with George. Uh, I do agree that his sequels would have been way better. He's like, if he had good people in his ear that were telling him real. Information and he would listen. You know, he, I don't know how arrogant the guy is. I don't know. He may be a nice guy. I have no idea. But he may be yeah. so arrogant he's like, no, I'm not going to listen to you. But Darth Maul, get him out of there. We've seen enough Maul. We need something new. We've already seen this story. I know what's happening with Leia now. And then there's there's crime syndicates. Great, but we need to see a new bad guy that we don't know. Just like you said. How are they going to get out of this? That is the secret exactly. of every movie. Let me give you the movie formula right now. Hope it doesn't ruin movies for you. But you introduce the characters the first thirty minutes. Thirty minutes you introduce the problem, and the whole time they're trying to get out of the problem. And right before they almost get out of the problem, boom! Something hits something. Oh, they're never going to get out of this. And then they get out. That's the whole. That's the whole movie. Yeah. Okay, that's all you have to do. And so you have to introduce something that people go, "How are they going to do this?" That's what keeps people engaged. They got to be a conflict that just looks insurmountable. So, your favorite Star Wars and mine, Episode Five. I love Empire Strikes Back. You said that's your favorite. The yes. other one, Four. I agree. Those are my two favorites. Let's say, you know what George Lucas said? His worst movie he ever did was probably Return Episode of the Jedi. Five. Episode Five. Really? That's what he wow. said. So that'll tell you right there. Irvin Kushner, he's the director <laughs> of Episode Five. wasn't even George. I think that's the best one. He thinks it's the worst. So go figure. We'll leave it at that, man. <laughs> Appreciate you joining and swinging. It's good talk. Glad to Fun be here, rant. man. Thanks. All right. Peace.